whatever standard the parents set, the children often don't meet that standard. It's usually less. And so you got to think about this, your own standard. Is it high enough for the children to be challenged and to come up? Well, with your Bible open at Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, this is known as part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's uh, maybe the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. It was preached by our Lord Jesus. And the theme of the day today is, May the children flourish. May the children flourish. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting the children to flourish and to prosper. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I pray for my own kids. They're growing up in their 30s. And I pray for them daily that they would flourish, that they would prosper. I think that as a parent, you should never outgrow that habit of prayer. You should always be upholding your children every day and your grandchildren if you got them and pray for them. But a common mistake I think that many of us parents make, and it's an easy mistake to make, um, is too often we put too much emphasis on the things of life rather than on the Lord of life who is the giver of those things. And so it's a common mistake I think that we make, particularly, you know, in a prosperous country like Canada. We, uh, we live in a very wealthy country, we do. Um, not apologizing for that, but that's where God put us. Uh, if you look, please, at chapter 6 again and verse 32. And this is my point here. For after all these things, now the things are, verse 31, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed? So food and drink and clothing. And I'm sure we could add other things to that as well. How about uh, gas in your car these days? I nearly drove off the road this morning coming to church when I saw the price of gas, $2.33.9 per drop. (laughs) Wow, my wife, she's got some app on her phone that gives, uh, I think it's called Gas Buddy, and it gives all of the gas prices. Some of you have that, I think. And she, uh, she just added further insult to injury rubbed salt in my wounds, and she says, yeah, it's as expensive as $2.37. Thank you. How encouraging. Yeah. I'm starting to envy people with horse and buggy, you know. But anyhow, all these things, verse 32, Jesus, God in the flesh, said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. That's the idea of the unsaved. Unsaved people. Then he goes on to say, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He knows you need food and drink and clothing and a house and a car and gas to put in your car. He knows that you, you have need of, of all kinds of things. He knows that. And the mistake that we often make is we tend to put a little too much emphasis on the things of life rather than on the Lord of life. Who wants to give us those things? Psalm 128 talks about putting the Lord first in your family. 
If you haven't done that already, you need to do that and keep the Lord first because the devil's trying to take him off first place there in your life and in your home. So you always got to keep, make sure the Lord is first. Crown him King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your heart every day. And Psalm 128 talks about doing this and living for him. And verse 3 of Psalm 128 says that our children will be like olive plants around the table. Now you might think, think that's a little bit odd or a little funny even. But back in the day when it was written, olive plants were very important. The, uh, the little olive provided not just you know, a little bit of um, a nice taste at a meal, but the oil, the olive oil that came out of it. You know, I've been learning a little bit about olive oil and not everything that says olive oil is really olive oil. There's um, pure olive oil, olive oil, pure olive oil, virgin, pure olive oil, cold-pressed, virgin, pure olive oil. It just goes on. And so if you're going to buy olive oil, get the best. But olive oil was very important then and olive plants were greatly cared for. They took time and they cared for the olive plants. And so we learn that if we live for the Lord, we learn that it'll help our children to flourish. I hope every one of us here love the children. Whether you have kids of your own or not. Whether your kids are grown or move far away. I hope you love children. The Lord does. The Lord loves children. That comes out in the scriptures so much. And we want the children to flourish. Now we use this word flourish. What, what are we talking about? Well the word flourish means to flower and bloom. We might even say to break forth in blossoms. That idea of flourish. Kind of a rich idea in there I suppose. Well as parents particularly. We should all want the children to flourish. We should want that. And if we live our lives for the Lord, it will help the children to flourish and to prosper. So the question comes down, well, how do we do that? Well, that's the subject today. So we'll have a word of prayer and we'll ask the Lord to teach us today, shall we? Let's pray. Our Father, once again, we bow in your presence. We ask that you would teach us from the scripture and help us to learn today. Father, I know we have amongst us many parents and many who are not parents. But that's all right. We can all learn to love the children because you love them. You love them dearly. Children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And you give good rewards and we thank you, Father. So please encourage our hearts. Help us today. Father, I pray if there be even one here today who has not yet receive Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior, that today they would do that in their heart. And they would realize that without Christ, they've, they've got a, a, an, a, hopeless, a hopeless end. It's just hopeless. But with Christ, it's an endless hope. It just goes on and on in wonder and glory. So Lord, have thine own way now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, helping children to flourish. How do you help children flourish? And I think, my opinion only, but I think that it's something like uh, planting flowers in your garden and helping them to flourish. 
if you can flourish a flower, I think you've got everything you need to be able to flourish a child. And so I got three points for you. Point number one, you need good soil. How many here have planted things, flowers or vegetables? Put up your hand. Oh, that's a good number, yeah. Do you like that feeling, getting the, the soil in your hand? And Do you like that feeling? Some people love that. That's why they're gardeners and so on. They love that feeling, get in there with the soil, yeah. Well, people who have any experience with planting things, they all know you've got to have good soil. You can't plant these little seeds in asphalt or concrete, can you? They just don't seem to live. You have to have good soil. And when we say good soil, we're, we're talking about the ingredients, the nutrients, the parts per you know, million of nitrogen and all of that chemical stuff. But you have to have that. And that's why farmers fertilize their fields. I was reminded of that not too many days ago. I was driving past the, the farmer's fields and my windows were down when they should not have been. <laughs> And it's that time of year. And uh, you can't help but notice, right? Well, what are the farmers trying to be nasty and mean to us? No. They're trying to fertilize. They're trying to enrich the soil so that they can get a good harvest. You need good soil. You have to have good soil if you're going to flourish flowers. And I suggest to you that the Bible is our source of nutrients. It has all the nutrients needed. And so I want to give you three little points under. This is point number one, is good soil. I'm going to give you three little points under this. Point number A, I suppose, teach the children righteousness. If you want them to flourish, you have to teach them righteousness. So please turn to the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, number 92. Psalm 92, I want you to see this. Folks at home, grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verse number 12. Verse number 12. All right. How about we read verse 12? Let's read it out all together. Everyone at home, everyone here at church, let's read verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Oh, that's a good one. You know, in Mark chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus himself said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Very important that we teach the children righteousness. And you know, that's pretty much a day-by-day -day thing. Children are always growing, they're learning, they're asking questions, they've got wide eyes, they're absorbing. Let's make sure they absorb the right nutrients. Let's teach the children righteousness. There's a story in the Bible about a young boy and he was willing to give his lunch to Jesus so that Jesus could use this and perform a miracle and feed 5,000 hungry men plus women and children. There's also a story in the Bible about a young servant girl from Israel and she served a famous man in Syria but the man had leprosy. His name was Naaman. The girl faithfully witnessed to him about the prophet Elisha back in Israel who could heal him. And the man went and he was healed and the man became a faithful follower of God. These children obviously had good parents. 
They had good parents who taught them righteousness. They taught them good manners. They taught them the ability to share with others. And these children are remembered down through the ages. To this very day we remember them. Every day by adding nutrients to, their, to the hearts of your children. You will help them to learn righteousness. Here's a thought. Teach them some of the Bible choruses. We try and do that Sunday morning. Pastor Silver's um, a real expert at leading us in these Bible courses. And there's all kinds of them, dozens and dozens of different ones we've sung over the, the past, I don't know, what is it, six months now we've been doing it, something like that. So why don't you uh, sing some of those to the kids? Teach them, ask them, have you, have you learned anything in your Sunday school class, any songs or in super church? And let them teach you maybe something that they've learned. And that's a win-win, a two-way street. But I'm saying here it's very important that we as parents teach our children the Bible stories. We teach them the things of God. If they don't learn it from the parents, where else are they going to learn it? Oh, they can learn it at church. That's one hour a week, folks. That's not enough time. They need input every day. So point A is teach them righteousness. Point B is teach the children faithfulness. Faithfulness to church. Now, is your Bible still open at Psalm 92? Psalm 92. Let's read verse 13. All together, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You see how it's connected? Faithfulness to church, flourishing. I've known a lot of Christians over the last 47 years now that I've been saved, and... A lot of them are faithful and a lot of them aren't faithful. And the unfaithful ones come and go and they church hop all the time. Can you imagine uh, going to uh, someone's home or something and seeing all these empty flower pots and uh, saying, what, what's all these about? Well, we used to have flowers in them, but they left the pot. They thought the pot across the street looked better. And so they left our pot and they're gone. Funny thing, I talked to the neighbor and they didn't stay in his pot either because they saw another pot, just a door down, and so they left his pot and went to that neighbor's pot. You see, if you and I don't get planted and put our roots down, we'll never flourish. We have to put our roots down and then we'll bear fruit upwards. It's very important that we not hop from church to church to church to church to church to church. You'll never find a perfect church. But find a good one that believes the Bible and preaches the gospel and is trying to win the world to Christ and trying to, trying to encourage Christian victories. Find a church like that and start putting your roots down. And start serving the Lord. And over a period of time, that's when we flourish. And so here we, we see, now this is an easy one of course, but it starts with the parents, doesn't it? It really starts with the parents. We must lead in the way that the children should go. Because the children are always watching the parents. Water will never rise higher than its source. At least not naturally. It doesn't rise higher than its source. It would need some extra power to make it rise higher. Parents, if you're not living for the Lord, your kids aren't going to live for the Lord. Parents, if you're only living half a heart for the Lord... Your kids, at the most, is only going to live half a heart for the Lord. Usually, it's less. 
whatever standard the parents set, the children often don't meet that standard. It's usually less. And so you've got to think about this, your own standard. Is it high enough for the children to be challenged and to come up? You know, throughout the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus never lowered his standards. He always challenged the people around him to rise to the standard of God's Word. That's what Jesus always did. There's a philosophy today amongst many modern churches to lower the standard. The church, the church is following the world. So the world dresses like a bum. And so the church says, hey, let's all dress like a bum. And the, the world is all involved with wild, horrible music. So the church says, let's get involved with wild, horrible music so that we can reach these people. It doesn't work that way. Nowhere in Scripture will you ever find God telling us to lower our standards in order to reach people. I mean, if that were true, let's all become drunkards so we can reach the drunkard. Let's all become drug addicts so we can reach the drug addict. It doesn't work that way. It's important that we as parents lead the way in righteousness. Someone once said, never send your children to Sunday school. No. Bring your children to Sunday school. You be in Sunday school, they're in Sunday school. So often down through the years, you know, a child will say, well, why should I go to Sunday school, Dad? You don't go. Why should I go to church, Mom? You never go. You see, it begins with us, doesn't it? We have to set the leadership. If we care about the Lord, if we care about the children, if we care about people coming to know Christ as Savior, we need to maintain a higher standard. I ask you, how is your standard today? How is your standard? Lead in the way of faithful attendance. Let the children see that you put a priority on the house of the Lord and they will learn the same thing. You know, if you have children in your home, there should never come a day when you say to your family, well, family, well, kids, should we go to church tonight or not? If you leave the decision up to the children, you know, the they're, they're kids. What are they going to tell you? Nah, nah, we don't want to go. We want to stay home and watch cartoons. You know, no, 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 we want to go to the concert in the park or something. It's important. If we love the children, if we want them to flourish, remember God's promise. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, let's seek the Lord. Let's set the leadership. Let's set the pace and the direction. And let's be faithful to God. And God will bless that. That's his promise. All these things shall be added unto us. All right, point C, uh, uh, yeah, sub, sub point A, B, C, all right, is teach the children to honor their parents. They have to be taught this. Teach the children to honor their parents. I'd like you to turn to the New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. Ephesians, chapter number 6. See if you can find that. Ephesians chapter 6. Now verses 2 and 3. I'd like you to read those out loud with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Well, actually, why don't we include verse 1? Huh? 
Let's go for broke here. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. There's the promise of God. When it says it's the first commandment with promise, out of the Ten Commandments, it's the very first one that has a promise attached to it. The others don't have any promise attached to them. There's the first one with a promise that if we will honor our parents, God will honor us. Now, right away, someone might be thinking, Pastor, you don't know my parents. My dad's name was Ahab. My mom's name was Jezebel. You expect me to honor them. And the answer is yes. You say, how? How can I honor Ahab and Jezebel? What they did to me? Well, you don't honor them by feeling because you don't feel like that right now, I can tell. You honor them by faith. Faith. That God gave you the parents He wanted you to have. He also gave your parents the children that He wanted them to have. You honor them by faith. You don't badmouth them. Well, my old man, this was a boy. Don't do that. Don't do that. May feel good at the time, but you're sowing bad seed and you're going to reap a sorry harvest. You talk like that to your kids, I guarantee you one day they'll talk like that about you. You're teaching them how to dishonor parents. So God's promise is if you honor the parents, honor the parents, God will honor the children. And hey, we're all grown-ups. Maybe your parents are still alive. Maybe they're gone. You can still honor their memory. Honor your parents. It's important on Mother's Day, on Father's Day. It's important throughout the year. Out of the blue, call up mom or dad and say, I'm just calling just, just to say how much I appreciate you. And I thank you for being my dad, my mom. You do that, you'll just make their heart glow. You do that. God will bless you for it. It's very important that mothers teach their children to honor their fathers. Too many mothers, they say to their kids, oh, when you grow up, I hope you're nothing like your father. Oh, that, that, that man. Oh, I don't know. If it wasn't for me, this, this house just wouldn't, your home wouldn't exist. That's not honoring them. You say, but he's, he's pretty lousy at this and pretty lousy at that. Yeah, you're pretty lousy at honoring him too. <laughs> you do it by faith. You don't teach your kids to hate their father. You don't teach your kids to hate their mother or disrespect their mother. You don't do that. Say, but, 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 I'm just telling you what God says. And if we do it by faith, we'll get the blessing. I hope that all of us as parents try to make a better home than the one we came out of. Because the one you came out of wasn't perfect, was it? And the one you're building is not going to be perfect either, will it? But if each generation can sort of improve some upon the previous one, we're going to have some great families one day. So just a little encouragement. We need to teach the children to honor their parents. Doing this will cause God to prosper your kids. You teach them how to honor. And God will make them flourish. All right, now, point number one was um, 
Good soil, that's right. Point number two, because we're talking about flowers, right? We're making the analogy. Flowers or vegetables or something. You have to have good soil. Point number two is you have to protect them from rodents and bugs and disease. Common sense, yes? You're going to have carrots. You're going to have rabbits. Uh, many years ago, I was in Bible college and I was pastoring this little church way out in the country. They needed a pastor and I was just a young green piece of celery, but they said, you'll do. <laughs> so I was their pastor for the better part of the year. And uh, one of the, the men of the church, he was an old farmer, a delightful guy. When this guy would smile, he had all of the wrinkles you, the farmer could possibly have in his face, all the crease lines and everything. But when that guy would smile, the sun would come out. <laughs> his teeth wouldn't, but less, maybe at night in a jar or something. But uh, boy, I tell you, he just beamed happiness. And so he told me, we were talking about... Um, uh, gardens, and he said, oh, he said, my father had the worst time with rabbits but uh, in the garden, but he found a solution. I said, oh, tell me about it. And he said, well, the first thing he did was he got himself a chair. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. You know, one of these farmer, you know, wise, smart, ingenious, why didn't I think of that? A chair of all things. I got I to gotta hear this. How do you get rid of rabbits with a chair? Okay, he got himself a chair. And he put it in the garden. Yeah. Then he got himself a pump gun. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I think I know where this is going. And every time he saw, you know, those rabbit ears, boom, he started making a heap. They had rabbit stew for months, but he solved his rabbit problem. But anyhow, I just loved that old farmer guy, you know. But gardens attract. They attract rodents, squirrels, rats, mice, uh, rabbits, you know, and a host of others. They attract bugs of every description. They attract disease. And you have to protect your precious flowers or, or potatoes or whatever from these rodents and bugs and disease. Otherwise, they're going to destroy your garden. Well, I've got news for you. Let's turn to the left, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. You see, the Bible has the answers, folks. The Bible has the answers. We just need to read the Bible to get the answers. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33. Folks at home, you look it up and you read it out loud with us. Everyone together, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Here we go. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The word communicate here means like interpersonal dealings. And evil interpersonal dealings corrupt all those good manners you've been trying to instill into your children. I'll tell you what you already know. Satan is trying to get your kids. Satan is after the children. He's after the children and he's got more leash and more leeway these days than he ever has. I know he's always been after the kids. But the plethora of sin, the smorgasbord of sin, is more now than it's ever been in earth's history. There are more ways to commit crime and sin 
than ever before. And as loving parents, godly parents, you know you've got to protect your kids. You've got to protect them from other kids that are evil. Evil. You know, the neighbor, Ahab and Jezebel, hmm? they had a boy. They, they, named him, they named him Adolf. And I tell you, that seven-year-old's got a mustache. What that kid can do to your kid, well, it's not right. And you have to have God's wisdom. Live peaceably with the neighbors, I know, but boy, I tell you, when you've got neighbors from that fiery place down below, what do you do? Well, you have to do something, even if it means moving away. You have to protect your children. You have to. Rodents, bugs, and disease are going after your flowers and, and your, your carrots. And I tell you, the devil and all of the demons are after your kids. Now, I know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I know that. But we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And Satan can put thoughts into people's heads. And that's why people do crazy things. In the news, some crazy took a gun and killed ten people. Another crazy took another gun. This is down in stateside. One in Milwaukee and one in New York. At a grocery store of all places. Guy walks in with full body armor and starts shooting shoppers. It seems to be the thing now, doesn't it? Take a gun and kill people. Mass shootings. A couple years ago, a guy took incredible firepower way up into this uh, hotel room uh, in Las Vegas. And people were partying below at night and he just started popping them off. And it was un unbelievable. What a world we live in. You know, they're even attacking churches. You know that. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you go, you can be hit. Anyhow, we need, we need, we need to protect our kids because the devil is trying to introduce your kids. He's trying to introduce your kids to bad people and bad things. And as a parent, you must be aware of these dangers that are lurking about and you must try to protect your children. Now, according to their understanding level, because their level of understanding changes, the younger or the older they are, you do your best to teach your kids why we don't get involved with drugs. You do your best to teach your kids why we stay away from the liquor store. You do your best to teach your kids why we don't participate in lottos. By the way, if you don't know the, the dark side of lottos, you need to get an education. The devil is trying to make you think that, oh, it's just going to be wonderful if you win the lotto. No, it won't. You'll have every rodent, bug, and disease known to man crawling under your door to get at you. So many families have been destroyed by the lotto. Lotto fever. So there are all kinds of things. Oh, and listen, I guess I don't have to throw these in. The internet... How about that? Oh, my boy, here's a nice computer for you. And here, I'll plug it into the internet. And I'm going to put it in your room for you and close the door. And I'll see you later, son. Yeah. Why would we do th such a thing? Why not just take a loaded gun and give it to your boy and say, here you go. 
Take this to school with you. Why do we, why do we allow that? You know, social media can be a very dangerous place. So many kids have gotten kidnapped and groomed, if you know what I'm saying, through social media. Not all that glitters is gold. And as a parent, you need wisdom from God to be able to protect your kids these days. When my wife and I were raising our kids, there was no internet. We didn't have to worry about social media. There were other things, but we didn't have to worry about some of those things. That's why I say that it seems today, more than ever, it's harder. And there's more ways to sin. Alright, okay, you need good soil. How are we going to make the flowers flourish? You need good soil. You need to protect them from all the rodents and the bugs and disease. And point number three, you need sun and rain in good amounts. You need sun and rain in good amounts. The right amount of sun, the right amount of rain. Flowers, vegetables, they all need that, don't they? When I was a new Christian, I, I read in the Sermon on the Mount how the Lord Jesus said that God makes the sun and the rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. And not understanding farming, I thought, well, the sun, that sounds good, and the rain, ah, not interested. That sounds like a blessing and a curse is what it sounds like. So God gives blessings and curses to the just and the unjust. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying that God in his love and mercy gives the blessings of sun and rain to both the saved and the unsaved. If the saved were the only ones that had the sun and the rain on their garden, their vegetable garden, the world would starve to death. There are more unsaved, ungodly farmers in the world than there are saved, godly farmers. But those ungodly ones, they need the sun and the rain for their vegetables and for their crop. And God in His mercy and love gives the sun and the rain. He gives blessings to the just and the unjust. Wow, that's good to know. Well, blessings like health, safety, opportunities for your children. These are things that God can give. And you ought to ask God for them. Ye have not because ye ask not. That's what the Bible says in the book of James. Ye have not because ye ask not. Therefore you should ask. Proverbs 31 verse 28 has a very important truth. How are we going to know? How are we going to know if we're hitting the ball out of the park? How are we going to know if we're helping our children to flourish? How are we going to know? Proverbs 31.28 says, Her children arise up and call her blessed. What I'm saying is God telling us the way you'll know if you're doing a good job helping your children to flourish is how they treat their mother. If they treat their mother with love and kindness and respect and politeness, boy, I tell you, you've really done a great job. If they're abusive to their mother, bad-mouther, disrespectful, disobedient, you missed the ball somewhere. God wants our children to flourish. And He'll use us as parents to help them to flourish. Now we need to conclude, and I want to quickly give you a few little bits and pieces that I've picked up over the years. And um, you can take them or leave them, but I want to give you these few little tips that I've found. I'm going to give them to you in rapid fire. Number one, Sometimes a child must be left to cry it out. Sometimes you just got to leave them cry it out. Otherwise, they think they can always get their own way. 
And that's dangerous. Number two, be careful about allowing the child to continually verbalize a stubborn no. Be careful about that. Loving obedience is the best thing a child can learn. Number three, start giving the children duties and responsibilities because this promotes a sense of usefulness and fair play. And they won't grow up thinking that it's someone else's job and that everyone owes them a living. Number four, forget giving them an allowance. Forget that. Rather, give them small jobs to do and then pay them for it weekly. And that'll teach them something about the reward of hard work. Number five, don't allow them to criticize their teachers or their leaders or their pastors. <laughs> don't allow them to do that. Don't let them see you do it. It'll ripple down to your children. And as I mentioned earlier, you teach them how to criticize, they're going to grow up and criticize you one day. Number, what, four, five, six, yeah. Keep telling them you love them. That's important. Now, I won't ask anyone to raise their hand, but I wonder, is there anyone here today? You grew up, you never heard your dad or maybe even your mom say to you, I love you. Maybe you never heard that. And don't, don't raise any hand, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's no one here. But I know it happens too much. Where a, a child can do all their growing up, their 18 years, and they never hear the words from their dad's lips. Son, I love you. A daughter, I love you. They never hear that. Or as I say, maybe even from their mother, they never hear that. I love you. Mm. So you correct that mistake in your home. You make sure that you be telling your children that you love them because they need to hear that on a regular basis. Number whatever. <laughs> Remember your children have a sin nature and they will lie to your face. Just a little tip I've learned. Next one. Don't scream at your kids. Don't scream at them. I knew a doctor, a medical doctor. That was her way of child discipline. <laughs> she said, I scream at my kids. And you know, that only works so, so far, so long. You know that? You scream at your kids at 80 decibels. Well, the day will come. They can withstand 80 decibels. Now you've got to scream at them at 90 decibels. The day will come. They can withstand that. You'll be screaming at them at 100 and 110 decibels. You can raise your voice to the equivalent of a, the sound of a jet engine taking off. They'll eventually tune you out. Don't, don't be screaming at your kids because you know it's going to breed anger and rebellion in them. And as they get older, you know what they're going to remember? Is they're going to remember you screaming at them. So it doesn't work. If you have a problem with yelling at your kids, get some counsel. Get some help. All right, next one. Set boundaries and guidelines, particularly with your time. Set boundaries and guidelines and time limits for your children. If they're going to be away for an hour, let it be an hour, not three. This will help them all through their life. Um, next one is develop strong family ties to offset the peer pressure of the world. The world is pulling them. You keep your fire burning bright at home. And last one is regulate 
regulate how much TV and video games and internet you allow them to watch. So just a few little bits and pieces there that might help. But we have to, we have to stop here. And parents, I want to ask you this. How are you doing in your job as a parent with your kids? Oh, my kids are too young. No, they're not. Oh, my kids are too old. They've, they've moved out. <laughs> How are you doing? I mean, you, do you stop being mom? Do you ever stop being dad? No, that's a lifelong job. And how are you doing with your job? Your lifelong job. How are you doing? If you want your children to flourish, parents, are you flourishing? Are you flourishing with the Lord? That's a good question. I think that if we really, really love the children that God has given us, then we are going to try and help them to flourish. What I've shared with you is just a few thoughts. You have other ideas, I'm sure, that are, are great and maybe greater. But the bottom line is we have to help the children flourish. And if you have children, I want to encourage you to come and pray for your kids today. Today is a special Sunday. May the children flourish. And if mom and dad won't pray for their kids, well, who do you expect is going to pray for your kids? Little Adolf Hitler next door? Is he going to get on his knees and pray for your... Hmm? Who's, who's going to pray for the kids if mom and dad don't pray? Mom and dad, why don't you come forward on the invitation and pray? Oh, I'm too scared to come forward. Oh, I don't think I have to come forward. No, you don't have to come forward. And if you're too scared, I, I don't know, look to the Lord or something. But hey, your children are at stake every single day. You are the solution. Come and pray for your kids today. And come and pray for yourself and ask God to give you the wisdom and the strength and power you need to offset some of the influences of the world. Give you the strength and wisdom to see where the rodents and the bugs and the disease are trying to come at your kids. Ask God to give you that wisdom today. Would you do that? Let's stand to our feet. We'll have a word of prayer. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.